0: Turn with me, please, to the book of Revelation. The Revelation of Jesus Christ, chapter 12. I may need one more evening at this. We'll see how we get on. So much to show you. I could do many evenings at it, but we've done many evenings on this topic, God's great and glorious gospel. And the thing about it is, is I want to subtitle it as prophesied in the scriptures. And people tend to think that this gospel is just a matter of a story uh, that a minister or a pastor or whoever gets up and tells a nice little story about a man who came from glory and who died and went to the grave and rose again and ascended into heaven So there you are, and believe this little story. But this is the living word of the living God. And it's powerful in itself. In other words, it's intrinsically powerful. The word of God is the dunamis, the dynamite, explosive, powerful word. In other words, it inherently has the ability to change thoughts, to change lives, to change destinies, to change us inside out and that's the idea of the living word of God and so we want to bring you something along the same lines to show you this great and glorious gospel there's so much of it I want to try and show you as much as I can tonight and if we finish we finish and if we don't then we'll see maybe for one more week it's just we sang longer than usual because that's how the Lord had it and that's what we want is the Lord to lead it and at the end of the day it's his church not mine So Revelation chapter 12, we'll read a few verses, but please keep your Bibles open because we'll be referring to this. Revelation chapter 12, verse 1. And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. And she being with child cried, travailing in birth and pained to be delivered. And there appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon having seven heads, ten horns, and seven crowns upon seven heads. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven, and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered, for to devour her child as soon as it was born." And she brought forth a man-child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up unto God, unto his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she hath a place prepared of God that they should feed her there a and score deaths. Yes. Let's pray. Father, Your presence amazes us again. Your anointing destroys the yoke. And your word is forever settled in heaven. We need nothing else but you, Lord. And we ask you to open our eyes of understanding and our minds and our hearts to your word, to see your great plan your great and glorious gospel and the plan of the ages Lord that all the nations of the world would hear this gospel and then the end would come so Father as we are drawing close we believe to that end Lord we ask you Lord to open your people's eyes and excite them with your word and cause us to be alive unto you and to love your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, all the more with all of our hearts. And for his name's sake and for his glory we ask it. Amen. When we bring this, you may say... What is the use of knowing all of this? Well, one it proves the Bible to be true you can stand in standing on the word of God. Secondly, it lets you see what's happening around the world and it lets you see where we are in world events. And so you might say, well if Christ is returning, why do we need to know all that? Let's just wait on Christ returning. Well, for one thing, we need to know and discern the spirits to see what is right and what is wrong. But another thing, even in the words of the old reformer Martin Luther, he says, if Christ, if he knew that Christ were to come tomorrow, he would plant a tree today. In other words, we are to occupy until he comes. Right to the very end, we're to believe God for the greater things, and we're to occupy until he comes. So in Revelation chapter 12 and verse 1, it says, And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, A woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. Now we have to ask, who is this woman that John is writing about? This vision that he saw, who is she? Is the woman Mary, our Lord's mother? Is the woman the Roman Catholic Church or Mary even as the Roman Catholic Church says? Or even is Mary some part of the Protestant denomination or church? Who is this woman and how can we figure out the way or who she is? The Roman Catholic Church, uh, when we ask the question, um, did did the Lord give birth to the church or did the church give birth to our Lord? We can say without doubt that at the day of Pentecost, the church as we know it, the Ecclesia called out saints that Christ gave birth to the church. So it can't be a church that gives birth to the child. But rather, we look at it again then and say, who is this woman? And the Roman Catholic Church, they can object and may say, it's Mary, the virgin girl, who gave birth to the Lord Jesus. We would agree with them that she was a virgin. We would agree with them that she gave birth to the Lord Jesus. But we disagree that this is Mary, the mother of our Lord. So who is this woman, clothed with the sun, and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of twelve stars who gives birth to the child. It says that she brought forth the man-child who was to rule all nations. If you want to let your eye run down to verse 5. Notice that. And she brought forth the man-child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron, and her child was caught up unto God and to his throne. Here we have the ascension of this child into heaven. So this is, without doubt, our Lord Jesus Christ and his glorious ascension into glory, seated at the right hand of the majesty and high, or seated in the place of power and authority. So who is the woman, though? Well, to understand the woman, we also have to look at something else about this woman. Look at verse 6, tells us, the woman fled. Into the wilderness where she had a place prepared of God. Notice the words. The woman fled into the wilderness. Okay, so let's identify the woman. Let's go to scriptures. Let's the scripture interpret as we would say scripture. Turn with me to the book of Genesis. The book of beginnings. The seabed of the Bible as we call it. To Genesis chapter 37. Let the Bible be its own commentary. So that there's no mistaking. And I'm sure that. I'm almost sure that almost everyone that I have read agrees on what we are about to come up with. I'm speaking of those of the evangelical persuasion. Genesis chapter 37 and verse 9. And he, that is Joseph, dreamed yet another dream and told it to his brethren and said, Behold, I have dreamed a dream more, and behold, the sun and the moon. And the eleven stars made obeisance to me. Notice there's eleven stars because Joseph is the twelfth star. How do we know? Let's read on. And he told it to his father and to his brethren. And his father rebuked him and said, What is this dream that thou hast dreamed? Shall I and thy mother and thy brethren indeed come and bow down ourselves to thee, to the earth? So here is Joseph. Jacob, who becomes Israel, says to Joseph, the sun, the moon, and the stars, we're going to bow to you. So you can see now this family is the woman typified with the sun, clothed with the sun, the moon at her feet, and the 12 stars, which represent 12 tribes of Israel, the 12 sons of Jacob here. So we're no doubt now through Scripture, in fact, throughout Scripture, Israel is regarded as a, woman. In fact, when the house of Israel are carried away, the house of Judah, are mentioned, it's mentioned to the house of Judah saying, where is the bill of thy mother's divorce? She's also called a mother in places. So notice this, this woman was ancient Israel who were carried away. Hosea, please, the book of Hosea, it's the book after Daniel, Dan, Ezekiel, and then Daniel, Hosea. Hosea chapter 2, and we've read this before, and verse 14, just one verse for time's sake. The Lord is speaking through Hosea to the northern kingdom, or the house of Israel. Therefore, behold, I will allure her. That is the northern ten tribes of Israel. I will allure her and bring her where? Into the wilderness. Notice the words into the wilderness, and speak comfortably unto her. And I will give her her vineyards from thence. So here the Lord is saying, I am going to make them a people in the earth. Call them into a wilderness, and I'm going to speak comfortably. The word there, comfortably, to speak comfortably, means to speak to their heart, to speak to their inner man and their inner woman, to speak words of comfort unto them. If you flick on over to Hosea chapter 13 and here it is prophetically still to do with the northern kingdom. Hosea chapter 13 verse 12 please. The iniquity of Ephraim. Ephraim was a tribe but it was the head name of the northern kingdom. The iniquity of Ephraim is bound up. His sin is hid. The sorrows of a notice travailing woman. The woman in Revelation 12 is a woman in travail. A woman expecting birth. The sorrows of a travailing woman shall come upon him. He is an unwise son, for he shall not stay long in the place of the breaking forth of children. He'll not stay here long. In other words, I will remove him or remove them. Remember, it's the kingdom. I will ransom them from the power of the grave. Now, I take note of that. I will ransom them from the power of the grave. I will redeem them from death. O death, I will be thy plagues. O grave, I will be thy destruction. Repentance shall be hid from mine eyes. The Lord is saying that they will find many graves outside of Canaan land. But outside of there he would know where they are, speak comfortable words to their heart, Bring them the saving faith. They were eyes, lost to themselves, but not unto God. For every seed that was planted in the ground of the body that fell, God says, I will cause them to overcome. How does this happen? Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, please. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And we can all take hope from this. And we can all rejoice in it. And let your eye run down to verse 51. Behold, Paul says, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Paul says we're not all going to die. In other words, there's going to be people alive when Christ returns. There'll be those who have died in Christ, and there'll be those who are alive in Christ at the coming of the Lord. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In other words, the living and the dead Will be changed. The living will be resur- or the dead in Christ will be resurrected first, and then we which are alive and remain. He says, First Thessalonians four shall be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. In other words, when Christ returns, the grave is going to have a plague of its own. The grave is going to lose those who have died in faith. When Christ returns, your loved ones who have died in Christ will be resurrected from the dead. And then we which are alive and remain will be caught up together to meet the Lord of the air. Notice this, we shall be changed. This isn't a secret rapture as you're told. And say all happened in a flash in a moment, rapture disappeared. Listen folks, the Bible isn't saying that. It says we shall not be raptured in a moment, we shall be changed in a moment. In the twinkling of an eye. Read the scripture. The change comes in the twinkling of an eye. When is it? At the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. Now take note here of the quotation from Hosea 13. But thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Here Hosea prophesied of Christ and the resurrection of the saints of God who have died in him. Here we have a wonderful prophetical utterance to those who are supposedly lost to God. Notice this. Here we have the Christian gospel. The death, the burial and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the preaching of salvation by grace through faith. The gospel of God or the gospel of Christ. The gospel of grace. Isaiah 52, if you'd like to turn to it in verse 7. I'll read it out to you if you want. Notice this. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him that bringeth good tidings, that publisheth peace. That bringeth good tidings. That bringeth good tidings of good. That publisheth salvation. Saith to Zion, thy God reigneth. Who's Isaiah speaking of here? Those who were cast out. Those who were sent away for their sin and their idolatry. Those who were scattered. And now he's saying oh there's going to be a day when you hear the gospel and the gospel will reach every nation in the world and the gospel will be carried to the four corners of the globe and you will say how great, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel who bring glad tidings to you and I who are lost sheep going astray isn't that a wonderful and a glorious gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ listen to this Paul mentions this in Romans chapter 10. and uh, Romans 10 and verse 15, for time's sake, please. Notice what he says here. Let me just get it for you a second. Romans 10 and verse 15. And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written... How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace, and bring glad tidings of good things. Notice that, but they have not all obeyed the gospel for Isaiah or Isaiah, that's whom we read, saith the Lord, who hath believed our report? so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But I say, have they not heard? Yes? verily their sound went out unto all the earth and their words to the ends of the world but I say did not Israel know first Moses saith I will provoke you to jealousy by them that are no people and by a foolish nation I will anger you but Isaiah or Isaiah says Isaiah is very bold and saith I was fond of them that sought not after me I was made manifest unto them that asked not after me. Notice that. But to Israel he saith, All day long I have stretched forth my hands unto a disobedient and again saying people. Hear the gospel going forth again. Hear the Lord is saying, I have sought you out. I have outstretched my hands to you. And you have not obeyed the gospel. You have not come to saving faith. And here he proclaims it again in the New Testament wonderful portion of scripture okay let's go back to Revelation 12 we have seen this woman and this woman is in the wilderness she has a child we know he is the Lord Jesus Christ and so in this child this woman her children for this woman and people from this woman if you want this woman then becomes if you can call it Christianized, for want of a better word, they become saved. They become gospel-oriented people. They become people of the Bible, off the book. They become people of grace. And notice this, because you're going to see how they become Christian. In other words, Revelation 12, and let your eye run down to verse 10. Rather, let your eye run down to verse 11, for time's sake. And this is the devil they're fighting about, fighting with, and they overcame him. By the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony and they love not their lives unto the death. So now you see they're in Christ for they overcome by the blood of the Lamb. They overcome for they have a word of testimony and they love not their lives unto the death. See the word here uh, testimony. It's mentioned again in verse 17 of Revelation chapter 12. Look at it. And the dragon was wroth with the woman. Notice, the dragon was angry, wroth with the woman, and went to make war with the remnant of her seed. Take note. These are down through the years then, the remnant of her seed, which keepeth the commandments of God. Notice, and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. So now people can tell you that this is the Roman Catholic Church and some people will tell you that this is, the, this is the, the, the Jewish nation. But they do not have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Christians have the testimony of Jesus Christ. What is the word testimony? And it has to be down through the years because there is a, a, a seed that comes after this woman. Notice this. The word testimony here used in verse 17 and also in verse 11 is the word martyria. Martyria is where we get our word martyr from. You and I think of a martyr as someone who's burnt at the stake. We think of a martyr as someone who's been beheaded for the word of God and the testimony of Christ. Or a martyr is maybe someone from the early church who was cast to the lions and became cat food in the Colosseums. But a martyr means more than that. Now listen carefully. This is what the word testimony or martyria means. It means one who has an office committed to them of a prophet and testifying concerning future events. you ever heard the word for martyr like that before? It gives the idea of a witness, someone who takes a witness and proclaims the word of God. Every time you stand in faith and proclaim the word of God, You're a martyr for Christ in a darkened world. You're a martyr for Christ in a nation that has fallen so far from God. Only God can lift us out of the mire that we have found ourselves in. You're a martyr standing as a light in a dark place. You're a martyr standing in a workplace. You're a martyr standing in the village, the town, the city where you come from. You're the martyr standing, the martyria who has that knowledge of Christ. The word testimony or martyria also gives the idea like this. Listen, the testimony of Jesus Christ is mentioned in Revelation chapter 19 and verse 10. And it says that the testimony of Jesus, notice, is the spirit of prophecy. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. You see, when there's a spirit of prophecy in a meeting, you're testifying of Jesus. Come on, let's think about this, brothers and sisters. Jesus is in the house when there's prophetic utterance in the midst. Jesus is in the house when the Holy Ghost is moving and thriving among his people. But this is what it means also. It gives the idea of the fulfillment of the law and of the prophets are found in him. It gives the idea that you and I, like Peter, can say, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Blessed art thou, Simon bar for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven, said the Lord Jesus back again. In other words, it is a Holy Ghost, it is a Spirit filled and moving in the heart and in the life and upon the mind, which causes one to be undoubtedly sure that Christ is Messiah, that Christ is God manifest in flesh. And when the Spirit moves in a meeting... Here he comes, that Jesus is in the house. So there we are testifying that Christ is the Lord. Revelation 12 takes us from Genesis 37 when Joseph comes with his dream and it shows us the woman through Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, the 12 tribes and so on, right through to all that we have taught you right down through this time. Let us look at Revelation 12, please. Revelation 12. Revelation 12 and verse 9. And notice what it says here. And the dragon was cast out. That is cast out of heaven. The, dra- dra- the dragon was cast out. That old serpent called the devil and Satan. So let's mark down the next player in this. The next player is the devil. Who is represented as a dragon. The great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth, notice, the whole world. Now this goes through the whole world. This becomes global. It's not just in uh, Canaan land anymore, but global. And his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ, or his anointed For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. So here there is a war in heaven. And the devil, that old serpent... The dragon was cast out and his tail comes and takes a third of the stars of the angels with him. And those fallen angels, we have looked at how Peter says, and Jude speaks about them, that they never kept their first estate and how they were bound in chains of darkness to the great day of judgment. We looked how there's angels of God and there's angels here who are fallen. And those fallen angels came and they are now in the atmosphere. They're now in the world system. They're moving upon governments. They're moving upon kings or upon queens, upon leaders, presidents and prime ministers and politicians. They're moving upon the man in the street and they're moving upon the businessman and his company. They're moving everywhere, deluding and blinding the eyes and the minds of those who believe not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. They're moving everywhere everywhere. They're moving in the Middle East at the moment. They're moving in big strands where we see the the, the, the beast moving and the, the, the false prophet moving. And we can see it all, the great red dragon of communism. And such is the dragon fighting against the woman. Do you ever wonder why these things seem to be opposed to us? Do you ever wonder why it's always us they're opposing? Do you ever wonder even when you look at our own government and you see the The skullduggery and the the sin of, of, of what they've got up to. Do you ever wonder what makes a man so mad that he could send thousands and thousands of troops to their death? Do you ever wonder what makes a person think that life is useless and nothing and meaningless? So let's send young men to a field, a battlefield, where they won't come home except in a cart or a wooden box. It's the evil of the devil moving upon men. It's the greed for oil. It's the greed for riches. It's the greed for the bankers. It's the greed for those bankers who are known as Goldman Sachs. For the bankers who are known as the Bilderbergers and the bankers who are known as the Rothschilds who own our governments because of the huge amounts of trillions of debt they owe them to all these bankers. They fund The wars. You see, when there's a war, sometimes you say, well, well, what do we need to go to war for again? And they always make an excuse of why we need to go. Sometimes it's legitimate to do things, but always make an excuse. Like in Iraq, we know no need for us to be there. But notice this. By the way, I agree with what they're doing in Afghanistan in case people don't think I agree with everything. But notice this whenever they have a need, they need to, to bring out revenue these bankers fund a war then they go to the one they're fighting and they fund their war too so they're getting money from both sides high up levels of interest and our government then put you into slavery talk about Israel and slavery in Egypt you're in slavery today because you're paying tax for every single thing even in the very bank you go to to lodge your money in everything is taxed you are a slave to the system and this is part of the new world order you are part slave to the new world order I notice this I want to try and get to a point tonight and we'll do maybe another night because time is flying notice this this is global and so a persecution comes to the woman persecution comes to this woman Let's go to Revelation 12, please. And go to verse 4. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as it was born. Here the dragon wants to devour the child. But the dragon persecutes the woman the whole way through this chapter. He even pours a flood, as it were, out of his mouth. Pictorially speaking, this speaks of flooding the nation with immigration. That's the idea of it. They flooded Israel with immigration. They flooded it that the nation couldn't cope anymore to the point, in fact, that their gods of the heathen overtook the worship of the God of Israel. And so God cast them out. No, do we need today in Britain? We need God to come and to fix our nation and to cast them out. We need our God to move, for our nation is lost. Our nation is well on the way to hell in a handbasket. And governments with backbones carved out of bananas. so soft that bend and break and squash at every cut and turn. Notice this. The dragon stood before the woman to devour her child as it was born. We need to take notice of the wiles of the devil or the subtlety of the serpent or the demonic devices of this dragon. When the house of Israel, the northern kingdom were carried away. Now, when you look at wars today, you see they just don't go in. Look at the years we spent in Iraq and in Afghanistan. And by the way, let me say this categorically. I support 100% our troops. It's not our troops I'm speaking of. I support them unreservedly. I support them. But here, when we look at the years that they were in, again, years of conflict, years of conquest. When the Assyrians were coming, they took away the lake of uh, uh, the tribe of Ephraim and east, uh, eastern Manasseh over the, over the river Jordan and part of God, if my memory serves me right, they will have to forgive me if I'm wrong on that one. And that was one of their first deportation, deportations for, they, they were close so they attacked them. And then over the years they moved in incursions right down into Judah and they took 200,000 of the Judaites away. And that's when we read of the king of Judah starting to pray and to cry unto God and God turns it around again for them. And later on, the house of Judah are carried away because of their sin. But notice this. When the house of Israel were carried away, the main deportments were from 741 until 720. They're the main ones. And as I said, it was by the Assyrians because of their sin. The devil, the dragon, thought that persecuting the woman would kill her before her child would be born. Before Christ would come. The dispersion of the house of Israel would start the woman fleeing into the wilderness of Europe. And this brought the gospel, of course, when the disciples came or the apostles came on the early church across that region. Here's something for you. I want to give you a little bit of miles if you can try and get this into your mind. You can get a tape or download it and go over it again if you can't. For example, in 745 BC, the first carryings away, we have what's known as the seven times punishment. I need to make something to rectify it here. I said numbers last week and I meant Leviticus. But Leviticus chapter 26 tells us that God would punish Israel for seven times for their sin. So in 745 BC, seven times punishment is 2,520 years. Let me tell you how we get that as simply as I can. One time is 360. One time is 360. 360 degrees in a circle, okay? 360 is one time. So if we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven... We multiply 360 by 7, we come up with 2,520. Bible prophecy here, it is a year for a day. So if it's 2,520 days, it means it's 2,520 years. So what happens through that time? Here we have from 745 BC and then plus one from going from BC to AD... When you come right down, taking 2,520 of it, come to the year 1, and then right on up again into A.D., until it runs out, it comes to the year 1776. 1776 A.D. And what happened in the earth in 1776 A.D.? Well, I'll tell you. The 13 eastern seaboard colonies of the United States of America had broken away from British power and rule. The War of Independence had happened and in 1776, they signed the American Declaration of Independence and a great nation was born that day. Notice this. We're not finished. When we then go from 720 BC, that is the fall of Samaria, and we take the seven times, the 2,520 years, we go right down to north and then right up to take away the full 2520 years we find that we come are you ready we come to the year 1801 AD so what's important about 1801 AD let me tell you it was the union of great britain and ireland that's where our union flag was formed the union of Great Britain and Ireland. Now, notice this. God had this down, that the Isles would gather strength through the Reformation also. Stay with me. The Union of Great Britain, the Act of Union of Great Britain and Ireland might seem, well, that's just another thing that happened. No, brothers and sisters, listen. From that time, there has been the dragon trying to destroy the Union. Trying to destroy it through many heads and through many ways. I notice this, and stay with me on this. This is important for you. Just last week or so, we had the Scottish uh, independence referendum. And I made a statement, I think it was last Sunday or the Sunday before, that it was wickedness. And what did I mean it was wickedness? Am I saying the people of Scotland were wicked? No. There's wickedness behind it. That's what I mean. And many of the Scottish people, even good Christian people, they were blinded by this. Let me tell you what I mean. Alex Salmond, uh, the man who is meant to be and has been called the power behind Alex Salmond or the genius behind Alex Salmond in the Scottish Nationalist Party is called Humza Youssef. And Humza Youssef, he is an Islamist. He He holds the position of Minister of External Affairs and International Departments. And if he had become if we had had an independent Scotland, he would have been the foreign minister of an independent Scotland. He's the man who organised coachloads coming from the great mosque to, 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 uh, to go against and to have a great parade outside the streets of London against the British soldiers in Iraq. Not that I agreed with Iraq, but against the soldiers in Iraq. And he's Alex Salmon's right-hand man. You don't hear of him. Sure you don't. You don't hear of him. Here, the dragon has moved. Abaddon or Apollyon means a destroyer. And you can read when you go home about it, in Revelation chapter 9, the beginning and the birthing on 622 AD of the Islamic movement. And out of this, this man... Hamuz Yusuf, he's just the run of the mill, if you want to call it, or the moderate Muslim. His cousin and him were uh, were in dodgy dealings for money and uh, and, and incitement. And his cousin was a secretary to the Muslim Brotherhood. How many people knew that about the Scottish referendum? He took the socialist Marx, he took the socialist ideology from Alex Salmond and he started to implement it in Scotland to break up the union. Socialism is okay in Wales, but it leads to communism and Marxism. Notice this also about the Scottish referendum. and Stay very close with me when I say this. It has now been leaked that Alex Salmond Salmond has had Uh, letters written to him from none other but the hierarchy of the bishops of Rome and saying how they supported him in the breakup of the union wickedness the scarlet harlot is behind the breakup this will come out here's what they also said and this isn't verbatim they also congratulated Alex Salmond on his statesmanship and being such a good minister and politician that he helped them so much to bring Pope Benedict to Scotland four years ago. Now listen I told you when he came, he's not coming here to say hello. He's not coming here to wave his hand. They had people dressed as John Knox, a Protestant reformer, who turned Scotland around and burned it alive with the gospel. And they had him dressed, a man dressed, dancing before the Pope, as though he was bringing him in as some sort of footstooler clown. I told you at the time, this man, there's more behind him. He then travels into England... And he comes to to elevate and to lift up a man who was a Church of England minister who brought his whole church and many hundreds more back into the fold of Rome. Antichrist of Scripture. Can you see the evil behind it? Because people were wondering, what do you mean the evil behind it? There's a spiritual evil... Behind the nations of the world. Do you know that the papacy calls England Mary's Diary? And they want it back. They want their diary. So here this is important for the 1801 Act of Union. was when God would move and bring together his people again. That God would move and bring together... A Bible-loving, Christ-exalting, Spirit-filled church-believing people. Here they have them. He has them all together. And I think today, I'm going off on a rabbit trail and we'll have to do next week. If you ask me today, what's the Pope coming to this place next to lay claim on Ulster? You're very bitter pastor. No, I am not. I've, I, I've I worked in Dublin for years with people. I am not indeed. I love Catholic people. I am not indeed. I'm against the church of Rome button. I'm against the Islamic movement, this ISIS and all these sort of things. It's time we took a stand, brothers and sisters, and said enough is enough. We are the people of God. Now, over on us, You can see the immigration, how it's overflowing us. Do you know just last this week, there was a woman... Now listen, Midwest America, Oklahoma, I have friends there. A woman working in a shop and an Islamist went in and cut her head off. In the middle of the United States. And when the police came, the Islamists all got around and started shouting, Allah, praise Allah, in the middle of the United States. Manassau Bible prophecy. Just this week. It's time we woke up to what is going on out there. It's time we opened our eyes to what the devil is doing, persecuting. Let me finish with this. I have so much material. I want to show you the persecution of the child. I want to show you the persecution of. Of how they tried to kill the child, but he rose victorious again. They thought they had him. Let me st- let me just go for thirty seconds or a minute in this vein. For one second, listen, brothers and sisters, listen carefully. What has been happening in Ulster? For near forty years, what has been happening recently in Scotland? the overflowing of peoples from a, a, of radical Islam and their, 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 their uprising in especially England at the moment. What is happening is the dragon is opening its mouth and pouring out a flood. The beast of Europe is a flood. Turn with me to Revelation 16 as we close. I went down a rabbit trail. I'm going to have to do another week. So forgive me for one more week, won't you? Listen to this. And by the way, Argentina is another one. Taking the Falklands. Not you know what the Lord says in Scripture? He says, I'll give you the gates of your enemies. You'll possess them. And Britain possessed the gates of their enemies all around. Queen Victoria was asked, what's the secret of England's greatness by an Indian prince? And she held up the word of God. She says, this is the secret of England's greatness. The English land has lost its teeth it couldn't gum its way through a good war now. And here we have, here we have those in Argentina, listen, Gibraltar, We've already given up Hong Kong. Many years ago. 24 years ago or something. Already given up Hong Kong. What's so important about it? The thing is, God placed them there. There were gateways for the gospel. Now you can't get it in. Revelation 16. Let your eye run down, please, to Um, Verse 12. And the sixth angel poured out his vial upon the great river Euphrates, and the waters thereof was dried up, that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon, Out of the mouth of the beast and out of the mouth of the false prophet. For they are spirits of devils working miracles which go forth unto the kings of the earth and the whole world to gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. Notice. Gather them together for Armageddon. You see what's happening. It's for the battle of that great day of God Almighty. God is still in charge. God is still in control and God is still on the throne the house of Judah is carried away and their punishment finishes in 1917 and you see God liberating Jerusalem scripture speaks of it and then I'll tell you what happens next week the rise of communism, the dragon rises up the visions of Maragogi of Portugal rises up the dragon speaks God willing we'll look at it next week and you know these things people say they're not just talking about history it shows you the spirit that's in the word that's why you and I need to be filled with the Holy Spirit filled with the word God bless you all.